Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Doing It At Home podcast. We have a great birth story coming up for you. few announcements for the show. So a couple of things. First of all, the Doing It At Home swag shop your gear, your shirts, your tanks, your hoodies, your sweatshirts that are rocking your doing it at home pride. You can find those right now on our Bonfire website. So go to bonfire.com slash store slash D-I-A-H podcast, or check out the link in our profile of our Instagram and uh, get yourself some doing it at home gear. Great gift. The holidays are coming up by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, Great gift for your midwife, doula, birth photographer, fellow birth junkie, or home birth mama. Um, Also for yourself, tons of styles, uh, colors, options for you. So go check that out. And the first round of us doing this ends tomorrow, Wednesday, October 31st, Halloween, and orders of, you know, this first wave will ship out next week. So if you want to get to our order, order as soon as possible, do it now. Don't wait. Do it now. Okay. And the link to the shop is also in the show notes of this episode. So go check that out. Another thing is the format of the show, the publishing format, is going to change slightly. So you might notice a little bit, maybe not so much, um, but over the course of the past few months, we haven't been as consistent with our Saturday episodes. And we decided, we did a little bit of soul searching, and we are just not going to commit to a Saturday episode, essentially. So we will always have Tuesday episodes for you, birth stories. That's a given. And then anything that publishes on a Saturday will be an interview of a birth leader or authority figure or just someone really cool that isn't a birth story specifically, or it'll be us riffing on the mic talking about cool things when we can do that. Um, Because I'm sure you can understand life, (laughs) life. And so for our energy and for us to just be our best and bring what we can to the show, and our best ability. That just means shifting things up a little bit right now in this season. Not sure if it'll change or when it'll change, but just didn't want to stay on the hook and have you thinking that we're going to have an episode every single Saturday because we may not have Saturday episodes consistently. But we got you Tuesday. We got you covered with your birth story fix. So don't worry about that, but just letting you know. So that's what's going on there. 
And uh, I think that's it for announcements. If you have any questions for us, feedback, uh, things you'd like us to cover on the show, types of birth stories, reach out to us. You can email us at hello at diahpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Instagram at diahpodcast. And uh, yeah, I think those are all the ways you can connect with us. And without any further ado, today's birth story, we are talking with Christina, Christina Vinsness. Christina Vinsness, and she is sharing her birth story and really her process from moving out of an unplanned cesarean birth with her first child and then the home birth preparation process for her second. And we go through, you know, what she had to work through as far as the fears and the concerns and coming to a place of peace and acceptance that a non-vaginal birth is not a failure is not a failure. And it's just really beautiful. And I think this is a super helpful conversation for any woman who is planning an HBAC, you know, who had a cesarean and is looking towards experiencing a home birth, whether you're actively planning it or you're just thinking about it for your future, or you've just had some conflict with that trust of your body and that your body can do this. You know, can your body give birth? This is a beautiful conversation for that. And we're so grateful to Christina for hanging out with us. I know you're going to love it. Here it is. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, Christina. Hi. How are you? We're doing awesome. Yes. Yeah, we're doing fantastic. <laughs> and officially we're awesome. Officially awesome. And we're super excited to have <laughs> you on the podcast with us today. Thank you. So, Christina, yeah. tell us a little bit about you and your family before we get to talking about some babies and bringing them into the world and all that great stuff. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I am. Uh, I was born, born and raised a missionary kid. Um, my husband is from Norway. Um, we met here at ministry school in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where we still live. And um, 10 months after starting dating, we got married. Two and a half months later, we got pregnant with our first. And that's kind of history from there. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so that's so fun. I mean, that kind of sounds like whirlwind in like a magical romantic way. Yeah. So, yes. It was definitely, we both knew it was the one and, um, it's been the best decision, like being married to him and, um, having our kids mm. like really is amazing. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And, yeah. And what is his name and your, your firstborn's name? Okay. My husband's name is Yediman, uh, but all of our friends call him Yeti, just like the coolers, uh, because <laughs> nobody can pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> Uh, and my son's name is Daniel Judah. And then our youngest and newest addition is Emma Victoria Rose. Oh, very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So we didn't uh, know her gender until we gave birth. So that was fun too. Yeah. yeah, We've (laughs) talked about that for the future. So um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, <laughs> so share with us what what the decision making was like once you were pregnant or family planning, if it, if it was happening prior um, to go with home birth, you know, where that kind of came into your awareness. Um, well, having been raised as a missionary kid, I was actually born in China at home wow. and ended up being delivered by my dad. Um, and then just growing up in that culture, like around other missionaries until I was 14, it was just something everyone did. So I kind of never grew up with the mindset of just going to the hospital. So when I got pregnant, I was like, of course I'm going to do it with a midwife. Mm -hmm. Um, and my husband just thought it was so interesting because he had never heard of home birth. Everybody in Norway just goes to the hospital Um, and that's just the way they do it. And so with our first, uh, he was kind of hesitant until we sat down and actually talked with the midwife and, um, just heard her stories of what's happened when it comes to hospitals here and the type of care that's received and how it is very different than most of Europe. Um, and he just left that conversation. He's like, I don't care what's going to happen. We are having a home birth. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if cool. we could like figure out, like if we can't figure out the finances, we'll find a way we're having it at home. So wow. uh, he was right on page from um, our first. So yeah. And then we did the whole Bradley class with our first cause um, we just wanted to be super educated. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah. Wow. So Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. So we went in for a home birth uh, for Daniel's birth. And then share a little bit about that and how that process unfolded. Um, uh, Well, we went in, we had gotten to 42 weeks. um, And my midwife can no longer carry me, carry my care over. um, Unless I was like, naturally induced. Right. so we started the process of natural induction and I like, I ended up laboring. I was in labor with him for 48 hours, mm. but, um, at 32 hours, I was like, had to be transferred to the hospital. I did every intervention you possibly could. Um, and I just was not progressing past five centimeters. Um, so once it came to the end, Daniel was really in distress and I was just exhausted and I was still at five centimeters. Yeah. So, um, C-section really came to be the only option, the last option, last intervention we can do, we could have done. Mm -hmm. So, um, after doing that, it was, it was very hard and emotional because I had like, so expected to just have like a easygoing, you know, I'm young and, um, healthy Mm -hmm. and taking care of myself. And so I expected a very different outcome. Um, but I was really grateful for the hospital. Like it changed my perspective on like being grateful for the hospital and that they're there when you need them. (laughs) Um, So I was like, but even after going through my hospital experience, I just, I felt like they're awesome for when you need them, but I always wanted to go back and try for another home birth. Mm -hmm. um, Even after having him and kind of have like a victory, uh, victory labor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I appreciate that Mm -hmm. I appreciate that perspective you bring of you know shifting a little bit of 
uh, relationship and, and mindset around the hospital to, wow, okay, I can firsthand attest to the benefit and the awesomeness of having this available when you need it. And at the yeah. same time, I'm clear that you know, when I do have another baby, if it's going a certain way and I can create a home birth again, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you process that all. I mean, it sounds very easy when you just list it out like that, but I'm sure it took a little bit. And I'm sure there were, um, you know, time and, and healing that went in, uh, into all that. Uh, but yeah, that's a really powerful take to have, um, I would yeah. say. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, like, even when it came to having our second, um, <clears throat> our faith is very like big and important to my husband and I. And what, as we were preparing for our second um, to come into the world, we really felt like we were supposed to still have some care mm. through like actually go through prenatal care um, with the hospital. And I did that for about 20 weeks. And um, I was just amazed at how I didn't feel taken care of. Oh, wow. And like, having had a midwife take care of me for the first, I was so aware of what they weren't doing and the questions they weren't asking. And when I'd ask questions, it was almost like I was an inconvenience or taking up their time. So at 20 weeks, I actually started meeting with a midwife simultaneously. So I ended up having like quite a bit of prenatal care, but like the reasoning for like a big reason for doing my care through the hospital as well is because if I needed to go in again, I didn't want to have to go through the same like journey I did mm, with my first. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so that was for me, like I ended up having both. Um, but I've, I've known moms who like been braver and just, just gone with the midwife right afterwards. Right. <laughs> um, but yes. So for my journey, that's, where I went, I ended up having quite a bit of prenatal care. (laughs) Um, Well, I think that's brave too. I think exploring your options, I think every action and way you show up is brave. Um, as long as it's in accordance with what works for you and what, what you were saying, Mm -hmm. that faith, um, being important and just tapping into what, um, what feels right. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. And I think that's smart too. Like you said, if you do end up there again, and I don't want to say end up there, if you choose to go there again or the way the process unfolds, you are in the hospital. Wouldn't it be great mm-hmm. to have had some rapport, to have some familiarity, like all of that. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I understand that totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's this stigma of like, oh, you tried for a home birth and just like, because I wouldn't have been, if I was not in their system, they would have treated me very differently mm-hmm. than had I just always been a part of their system. So yeah, that was my idea of like, I want to go in with good relationships right. with the hospital if I need them. Cause I don't know, like mm-hmm. I never progressed past five centimeters and I really dealt with like, is my body able to like give birth again? And like, can I actually have a vaginal birth and doesn't know how to go any farther than five centimeters. So I was like dealing with a lot of like those thoughts. So yeah, knowing if I had to go into the hospital because I wasn't progressing, that was definitely, um, about security, I guess. So, yeah. What I, excuse me, what I like about, um, what you've shared is I think a lot of times you think you need to choose one or the other. You know, you just need to go yeah. with the with the OB, or need to go with the midwife, or you know, something else. And I love that you decided for yourself 
what was best for you, and you went for it. And it looked like having dual care, and that's so cool. We haven't heard of of uh, a mom or family who who've done dual care before. Um, but that's yeah. It's like why not? I mean, if that's if that's what you would like to do, if that's what makes you feel comfortable, um, go for it. So there's you know Sarah Sarah affirmed you on that on that bravery, and I just think it's really awesome to be clear on what you want and what works for you and and mm-hmm. go for it and you really um exemplify that. Yeah, thanks. Mm. So tell us a little bit about preparing for birth number two, you know, what was going into um your mindset, physical preparations, whatnot towards the end of pregnancy and, and how far along were were you at the end of that pregnancy? Um yeah. Well I guess I felt like during my whole pregnancy and like leading up to having her, I was dealing with a lot of just like fears and concerns. Um, mostly because I just hadn't had a vaginal birth. So like I felt that I was kind of learning to guard my heart in a way of not like if I don't have a vaginal birth, I'm not a failure mm-hmm. and kind of like talking through thoughts like that. Um, but then also like, uh, um, man, sorry, <laughs> get a little emotional. Oh, um, no, it's okay. Yeah, dealing with that. I guess physically, I felt amazing. Um, I was working up until like a week before I had her, and she was uh almost two weeks late. So, mm. just like her brother, she was um, what was it? I think eleven days late. Uh, <laughs> and her brother was fourteen days late. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, I got very like mentally prepared and just, I'm ready to, to just get this baby out. Mm -hmm. Um, and had so much prodromal labor for a week leading up to actually having her that there was a lot of fears that would come into my mind and I had time to actually like acknowledge them and work on them and like release it and kind of come to a place where like, like one of my fears, for instance, was I was afraid that my midwife was going to show up and I wasn't going to be past five centimeters. Right. And it was like a silly fear. And I was like, oh, logically, I could be like, oh, my gosh, that's just so ridiculous. Why would I even be afraid of that? But it was a legitimate fear. And so like, I really acknowledged it, spoke it out, and then kind of um, got to a place where I was like, okay, just because I'm just – I even if I am still five centimeters, it doesn't mean I – not working like my body's obviously got me to five um and that really made a difference just like working on that I guess the thing I notice is like when it comes to birth so many people just think of it as like a physical experience and it's so much more of like an emotional and mental and physical it's like all the realms (laughs) um it's such a, a powerful experience and so uh I think just acknowledging the fears I had really um, made a difference when it came to the day um, I started working on her coming. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Gotcha. So tell us about that mm-hmm. day. What was going on? Yeah, walk us through it. Um, uh, yeah, well, I had kind of had some consistent contractions, um, like starting around 11 in the morning. Um, but it wasn't active labor. So I, I contacted my sister, uh, little sister and my sister-in-law who came down from Maryland, um, and like, let them know what was up and that, 
I think it was gonna that it was going to start happening <laughs> today. And around nine that night, I actually went into active labor. Um, and I just like my husband and I were just like taking herbs and trying to just help keep it going um, and help it along um, until about like 11 at night. And then we just were so exhausted. We decided just go to bed and try and actually rest before it gets too intense and I'm not able to rest. Um, and so we would just sleep between contractions until, and like he'd wake up, do alternating pressure on my hip, then it stopped, we'd fall asleep. And we just kind of did that until like 4 a.m. Um, when the contractions had just gotten to a place where they were so intense, I couldn't rest. Like I was just so uncomfortable and I just wanted to take, I just wanted water. So I wanted to take a shower. And, um, I went into the shower and was sitting on the birthing ball. And, um, like I said, my faith is very important to me. So I actually started to like praying and I started singing this song, um, by Jonathan, David and Melissa Helser called, um, you come Lazarus come. And I kind of just started speaking it like you came, I knew that you'd come. And it was kind of just speaking to my baby mm-hmm. like baby I know you're gonna come like you're not gonna be in here forever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how you come and then um like there's a verse in there like you're a miracle working God and I was like God you're a miracle worker and I just kind of like released um my labor experience because I mm-hmm. had had so many dreams and like expected it to go fast like I thought it was going to be over in four hours <laughs> Um, kind of just like preparing myself for that. So it had already been over four hours. So in my mind, I was like, okay, this labor is not going the way I kind of like thought of it or prayed about it or, or, um, expected it a little bit. And so I just released it and kind of came to a place of like, I don't care how long it's going to take. I don't care where I have to go or if I stay home or have to go to the hospital, like, I'm just going to give this up to you and like, just be here in the labor. Um, and after that, I was able to like actually come out and lay on our couch and I fell asleep for like two hours and I felt, I felt so refreshed. I felt like I got more rest during that like two hour nap, still waking up between contractions, but, um, I got so much rest. Mm. So come 7 a.m. I felt like ready to go (laughs) for the day. Um, and that's actually when my sister and sister-in-law arrived, um, from Maryland. So they drove down seven and a half hours, like through the night just to try and make it to my birth. So, um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. And my sister-in-law is, um, is kind of, she's like my doula. (laughs) Um, and, uh, she came in and like made me food and like massaged my stuff, like massaged my stomach. Well, like put oils on my stomach and gave me a massage during contractions. And I was just kind of like walking around and talking and, 
um, between contractions. Um, but once like 10 or 11 came about, I just kind of entered into a different place of like, I just needed it to be quiet and I wanted it to be alone and a little bit darker. Um, and I wanted to get into the pool. And so I called up my midwife, um, explained to her a little bit more about where I was at. And she said that if I got into the pool and contractions kept going, that I could stay. But if they were kind of stalling out, um, that I'd have to get out of the pool. And that was only because we knew I had stalled at five centimeters with my first. She was my midwife for my first two. Um, and she, we knew if I was at five centimeters or below, if you get in water, it drags out your labor. Mm. And so, uh, just not knowing where I was at, um, I was kind of like, let's just test out, see how you do in the water. And I got in and, uh, my contractions ended up spreading apart, uh, but they got a lot more intense and I just felt so like comfortable and relaxed there like that 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 I was fine to stay in the water um and I guess it was like an hour later my midwife came with her apprentice and um just kind of like filled it out and asked if I wanted to be checked and I just like flat out said no (laughs) I was like no I do not want to be checked and she's like okay that's fine (laughs) um and she ended up going into our master bedroom, which is like down the hall in a room and was whispering to her apprentice, kind of just like uh, explaining what was like, why I said no. So like aggressively. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And she was like, yeah, she's just saying no, because she doesn't want to hear that she's five centimeters, but it doesn't even matter because like that shows that she's still working. And, um, and, and she had checked me after like a couple days before going into labor. Um, and she's like, and I checked her and if she's at five centimeters, that's grown because she, she was only like a fingernail when I checked her last time. And I, she had no idea I could hear her. Um, oh, but hearing that, yeah. Cause she was whispering and, but when you're in labor, like your sentence senses are so heightened. <laughs> I like, felt like she could have just might as well had the conversation in our bed in the room I was in mm. <laughs> in the office um but I I heard that and it kind of like reminded me of like okay you're right that even if I'm at five centimeters it doesn't mean I'm not working and my body's not working like my body does work and um I just like looked over at my husband and just like cried I was like wow I can just tell just her being here, it feels so different than our first. Um, Like, it's just a different feeling, a different sense. Like, I'm actually working. Like, this is, my body's working. And this labor is going differently. And I can just tell. Um, And so my midwife came back in. And I had her, I told her I I would be fine if she checked me. and so we went out of the office, out of the birthing pool, um, down the hall to my bedroom. And all everybody was there. My midwife, um, her apprentice, my husband, 
my little sister, my sister-in-law was actually quite a large amount of people. Um, but she checked me and she's like, okay, I'll tell you how much you have left. And I was like, okay. And she's like, three centimeters. Uh, and I was like, okay, wait a second. Um, uh, like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, where am I at then? <laughs> She's like, here at seven. And wow. my husband and I like looked at each other at the bed. And we're like, we did it. Yeah. We got it. Um, and then I, and she's like, well, not really. You still have to go three centimeters. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Okay. Wait, it's not done yet. But yeah. like we celebrated that victory. It was yeah. like, wow. We didn't even hear five, like we thought I might stall at five. And so just like having her come and check and I was passed was uh, so like exciting. Um, and afterwards she's like, okay, maybe just try and go and actually walk around and get things going. And, and she's like, would you be interested in Oh, I'm sorry. Um, did I mess it up? That's okay. We'll just, we'll hop back right in. We'll take a pause. And then you said, um, you know, take a walk. And I think you were saying something you might want to try, you know, what your midwife was suggesting, but we can hop right okay. in there. Okay. Um, yeah. Take a walk and trying just get things going. And um, she's like, maybe go show your sisters around your neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, I do not want to walk around my neighborhood. <laughs> not a tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't really want to put on clothes, but I'm going to put on clothes. Um, I was like, I guess I'll like walk out to my backyard and I'd feel fine walking in my backyard. Um, and my midwife then like asked if I want her to stay. Uh, and at that time I was like, I have no idea how long this is going to be. Um, I don't want her just waiting around on me because I kind of feel like I thought of her time as so valuable and I didn't want to drag it out because then I thought I'd feel pressured to like perform in a way um and so I was like no I really don't want you she's like it's totally normal for midwife to say you're at seven centimeters and I was like yeah but I think it's going to be a while like you can leave um and her her three-year-old daughter was here along with my one, my two-year-old son and then, um, my sister-in-law's youngest six-month-old. So there's like a a good amount of kids here, like there's kids here. Um, and she's like, okay, I'm going to take my daughter and drop her off and then just let me know where you're at. Um, and like my midwife basically drove off. I walked into my backyard and, uh, was squatting down next to a plant telling my sister-in-law, I was like, I can't believe I have plants that have like survived. And, um, and at that moment my water broke and I was like, Oh, my water broke. And, um, my husband was so excited. He's like, Oh my gosh, it's awesome. Your water broke and you watered our plants. Like, you you (laughs) Uh, and, um, I, I stood up and came back inside and, like stripped down and got back into the pool because I just so wanted water. Um, I just like I felt the best in the water. Um, and uh, it's a little girl. And um, I labored in there for a good bit until my midwife came back and um, she checked and I was 
still only at seven centimeters. And so she's like, I think we have to do some positions where we actually like turn the, the, the baby. Cause she was kind of aligned more towards like the side of my stomach and not straight down. And she's like, I think we need to try and get her to your baby to move. Um, so that you could push her, push her out. Um, we didn't know the gender, <laughs> so you could push the baby out, but we all felt like it was a girl. And, um, so I was in a, my mask in our bath, in our bedroom, like doing lunges onto our bed and like trying to work during every contraction and then like fully resting, like almost falling asleep. I would almost fall asleep between every contraction. Um, and I was in the middle of a contraction at once and I heard my midwife go like, Oh my gosh. Oh no. And she jumped up and like ran out of the room and closed the door. And I had no idea what was going on. And I was like, I don't even care. I'm just going to try and like labor. And, um, I think it was a good little while later. I was like, can I just please get back in the pool? And my midwife's like, um, well about that, uh, your little sister accidentally started siphoning out the pool. And so there's like a huge puddle of water in our office uh, um, <laughs> where ooh. it was at. And she's like, so we actually had to like clean, we're cleaning that out or cleaning that up before we were able to let you get back into the water. Mm. And um, now I think it's just so funny, but uh, <laughs> um, I ended up just, kind of doing most of the like a lot of the hard work um there I guess like for about three hours in the after in the afternoon just uh lunging and resting and um relaxing and the contractions were getting so intense like I never remembered them being um so intense with my first um except when I had Pitocin. And so it felt like such a, it felt like having a baby for the first time in a lot of ways, um, just because I had not experienced so much. And I didn't remember how much work it is to give birth. (laughs) Um, And, but I got to a place and I was just like laying on the bed and I kind of was frustrated because the baby didn't seem to have moved much um, out of position because I could still see where baby was lying on my stomach. And um, I just rubbed my stomach and prayed. And it was just like, I just speak alignment over you, baby. I just, that you're going to come out. And um, my husband was there and like played along with me. And um can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay. Um, and after that, um, it was just a couple more contractions and then the midwife like, okay, the water's ready. You can actually like get back into the pool. Um, and so I got in with my husband and, uh, contractions were so intense and it got so much harder. Um, and I was just thinking in my mind, I was like, I just want an epidural. Like right now, I just wanted an epidural. And 
then I was so proud of myself for how logical I was because at the same time I was like, wait a second, that means I have to get out of the pool again and put on clothes and drive in the car. Oh, God. And then I have to get checked in. And I was like, come around time. It's going to be three hours before I get that epidural. I do not want an epidural. I just mm. want the pain to end. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> so I just kind of got to a place where I was like, okay, I can't go anywhere. So I just have to be here where I'm at. And, um, I, I'm sorry. I got distracted because of my baby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) your baby Um, wants your attention. (laughs) Um, I, Okay. Can you remind me of where I was at? Yeah. Uh, um, super intense um, contractions in the pool. And then you had just kind of come to terms with yourself about the epidural, epidural. situation. Like you yeah. rationalized yeah. all that. You're like, no, no, I just want this to go away. So you locked yeah. back in. <laughs> uh, so I locked back in and I was just, I was like completely silent my whole, uh, like that whole entire time. I never verbalized it. I never talked. Um, I remember my husband, he was like eating I'm like nuts during that time too. And oh my gosh, I was like, he was so sweet and so like present there at the time, but he would chew during my contractions. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you might as well be like screaming in my ear right now. <laughs> he was so loud. And he was like trying, he's like, I tried moving my head away so it wouldn't be as loud. And I was like, I heard my midwife in the other room. I was like, why would why wouldn't I hear you chewing next to my ear? Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a conversation we obviously had after she came out. Um, but the contractions, I was like locked in, and I was just at, so at peace. Even it was it was intense. I was so at peace, um, and there was no fear or concern. And my midwife looked at me, and she's like, "Do you actually want the kids to leave?" And I realized, like, I hadn't really noticed that there was three kids in my house playing, um, but my subconscious had noticed. And I was like, yeah, I think I want the kids to leave the house. And um, so she went out and asked them, and a friend of mine actually took my son and um, my sister-in-law's daughter to her house, like, 10 minutes up the road. And, um, as soon as they pulled out of the driveway, that's when I started my uncontrollable urges to push. And, um, I was kind of like thinking, I was like, is this faking it? Am I being dramatic? Like, this is interesting. And my midwife looked at my husband and she's like, she has no control over her body. Like that is uncontrolled. That's what uncontrollable urges of pushes. And my husband's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) um, but I did that. I was in that position for like, I felt like a long time just um, allowing my body to just push, but not actually doing anything, just kind of still trying to relax in a bit, in a way. Um, and then I came and I was like, I really feel like it feels better to push with my body at this time. And my midwife, okay, let me check and make sure everything's out of the way. Um, 
so we don't we don't want your cervix to swell. And so she checked, and she's like, oh, yep, the baby's head's right there. Wow. And um, she's like, do you want to feel it? And I went and felt it, and she's like, that really hard thing, that's your baby's head. And now I was so, like, guarding myself, and I guess in a way of being like, until this is over, I can't get excited about it because that's going to use up energy, and I do not have energy to get excited about head being there because right. I don't know when like this baby's still not here I still have to push this baby out um and and <clears throat> it wasn't even like 10 minutes and I had actually from that from the time I felt her head to when I actually had pushed her out um oh, wow. yeah <laughs> so it was a very short amount of time mm-hmm. um pushing mm-hmm. and I was just like I'm so in shock I was like oh my gosh like we did it and the baby's here and I started like playing down like at the private I was like okay is it a girl is it a boy and I was like oh my gosh like I think it's the girl and my mm. midwife was like yeah it's a girl and I was like yeah I don't feel a penis and <laughs> I was like yeah we were all right it's a girl and um just, I felt so at, I guess, like a daze of like, wow, I cannot believe I just, like, it's done. Like, I've pushed her out. Like, the baby's here. It was, uh, it still makes me cry. So I'm not, like, thinking yeah, about it and just, of course. Um, yeah, the joy of that. So, oh, that's so amazing. Wow. <laughs> so, did it feel like victory? Yes. And I, I mean, that's her middle name. So, Oh, um, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Victoria. So, oh. I was like, this is my Victoria's birth. And, yeah, absolutely. Even, even though it, was a, it ended up being a 21-hour labor, um, it was still half the time of my first, <laughs> which was 43. And I felt so, like excited to know like wow I not only can give birth and like did it and it was a beautiful experience and stuff I was like but I also know when it came to my first and having a c-section I was like wow you know I actually know I did everything I could it wasn't like Mm -hmm. my body's broken but it kind of also brought a lot of healing to that of thinking that I don't know if I can actually like if my body can actually give birth and now having my baby girl here and and having gone through that I was like I did everything I could for my first and sometimes you need help um Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you're broken and it doesn't mean every time has to be the same after that yeah so yeah I think that's really important to remember for those mamas listening right now who are healing or working through processing a previous birth experience that maybe didn't go exactly the way that you envisioned to begin with, or you're feeling that, that thing of your body being broken or malfunctioning or that you failed, Mm -hmm. you know, any of those things that come up, I feel like what you just shared is a really powerful thing to hold on to and to, you know, nurture and feed that, um, Mm -hmm. to, to work through that and that it can be different another time around, or even if there is another, there isn't another time around, you know, if you're complete with having children that you can still, um, work through that and find other ways to connect with your body and to, uh, heal that experience. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so true. So good. Wow. <laughs> uh, oh, that was amazing, Christina. You are so awesome, Christina. You're so brave. Aww, thank you. So powerful. And now this mama of two, what I can only imagine, I can't wait to see pictures of these half Norwegian beauties. I'm sure they're just <laughs> yeah. the most gorgeous children ever. Um, Blue eyes. Of Aww. course. Uh, I, I love that Emma was, was hanging out with us during this conversation, yeah, too. Yeah, she got to chime in. Yes. yes, she did. <laughs> it's only fair. We're talking all about her, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much. Um, your whole family, we appreciate you um, for sharing your story, your victory with us that yeah. I know so many mamas are going to get something out of. So thank you, really, truly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I didn't I didn't know that there was um, such a negative uh, vibe when it came to home births mm-hmm. until like I got pregnant and actually started talking to a lot of people and realized like, Oh yeah, never mentioned that conversation around that person. Um, uh, yeah. and, and so when I was pregnant with, um, Emma, I actually heard one of your guys' podcasts and, and even though it wasn't like, I was like, wow, that's, it was beautiful. Her birth story is so different than mine. I'm dealing with different emotions. It was still so encouraging to like, hear just how she let rested in with the contractions and took them in as a wave and was present her whole, her whole labor. And I think that was something like, Oh yeah, I want to be present my whole labor, which I felt like I was um, just in the moment I was like, time didn't exist. I was just there working. And so, you know, what you guys are doing is really encouraging. And I wanted to share my story a little bit of just to help other moms who just don't even know if it's an option yeah. to have a VBAC, even if they decide to do it at a hospital, like having a VBAC is totally an option. Right. So, right. Well, uh, you've contributed yeah. to that conversation and Absolutely. to that narrative. So yeah. Yeah. So we are grateful. Thank you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>